the world of sales is ripe for disruption in the way that it operates and the way that salespeople are treated. What if there was an opportunity for a top salesperson to be treated differently than everybody else? Would you do it? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day to talk about sales. And today's topic is going to be a little bit interesting, probably a little bit controversial, but I'm okay with that if you're okay with that. And since you are, <laughs> we're going to get started. Is the world of sales ready for franchise salespeople? And you're like, what? What in the world is that? What do you mean by a franchise salesperson? Well, if you take a look at all the major sports out there, they're, the the top players are paid and treated differently than the rest of the teams. Like the, the teams can designate one or two people, depending upon the sport, like who the franchise player is, right? And because of that, there's max salaries, there's different bonuses, there's different structures. The reason I bring this up is in the world of sales, there's not very many closers out there. And if you do 80-20 math, it's going to roughly play out to four out of every hundred salespeople are closers and 0.08 or one person out of every hundred is going to be the top person of all. It's going to be a performer. And that's the person who could close any deal. They're unicorns. They don't happen very often. And if you go by the belief that if you're a closer and you're the prize, why would you not go down this path? And of course, whatever industry that you're in, no matter what you do and how you do it, there would definitely be some changes. There would definitely be some requirements. And I will let you know from the very beginning, people would say, hey, it's not fair. It's not fair. But I have some answers for that. You know, it would end a lot of problems inside of an organization where salespeople come in and they meet a salesperson that works inside of the company and is already getting preferential treatment. Now, I've seen a lot of different sales teams and it does happen where somebody does get better ups, it does happen where somebody does get better leads. When you sit down and you think about it, you could complain about it or you could say, I can up my game. And it's really easy to get caught up in why me and poor me. But at the end of the day, if you have to learn how to sell difficult leads, it's actually to your benefit. So I don't, I'd want to take away that, that conversation right now. Like, look, it's not fair. Like life isn't fair. Sales isn't fair. You're going to get cheated. You're going to get lied to. You're going to not get paid the commission that you want to get paid. Other salespeople are scumbags and they, they say and do whatever it takes to close the deals. But like, you know, if, if, if you already know going into the situation that this is how the, the game, and I do really mean the game inside of the sales team operates, then like it stops the conversation. But it also allows you to look and say, maybe, maybe I don't have the skills that I need to have. And so you could work your way into a franchise spot. And if you got enough skills, then, you know, a company could come after you on the open marketplace and say, hey, sales dude, sales chick, sales bro, sales babe, guess what? We want you. 
We want to put you in as our franchise player. There is some definite benefit to this idea. There is some definite benefit to this concept. As a closer or as a performer, I mean, you would have some amazing, amazing upside. You know, you could get better commissions, better schedules, better vacation time, like whatever you would ask for, that would really be up to you. Like people come to me and say, Scott, you know, you want to work inside of my organization. Here's how much we want to pay you. Well, you know, I may go, I like that amount of money, but I want more vacation time, a lot more vacation time. You know, I got to spend my time out on the beach on Oahu, right? I got to, I got to go, you know, make my trip to Las Vegas or whatever I got to do. Well, that could become a reality if there was a franchise salesperson. There are some other upsides to this. And I, I, I'm going to say going inside of organizations and training people that 40% of people do something with the, the content. 30% of people do something with the content. 20% of people do something with the content. And if there was more skin in the game for the salesperson, meaning like, hey, look, there's better things that you could get the better that you close. I really believe that some salespeople would take their job a lot more seriously. You know, you're gonna have the people who are like, I'm just cool with making 80 grand a year. That's all I want to make. I'm cool with that. That's my magic numbers. That's where I'm going to be. And if I make that by June, I'm going to stop selling. There's plenty of people in the world that like that. But like, if you were able to change the structure and the belief of what people have and what they have going on, why, why would you not allow that incentive to happen? You know, someone says, hey, I really, really need to improve my closing skills. Why? Because I want to be franchise player. I want to be the, the top person inside of an organization. I want to be the top person inside of the company. I don't want to just be the person everybody talks about. I want to be the person who takes that spot. I want that contract. I want that agreement. And if you have a company, I mean, like you look at how much money that you're outlaying on training and coaching and people not closing deals. You, you already have a fixed cost. You already have a sunk cost in advertising and marketing. But if you reverse engineer this, you could say, hey, look, if, if you're going to close more deals and the team's going to close more deals, there's definitely more incentives that could happen. There's different things that could be arranged. Now, I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on <laughs> on the podcast and I don't play one on YouTube. Like there's some things that I don't know. So legally, I mean, you would have to clear this with an attorney. But like, think about how many, how many more salespeople would be serious about their job. There would be more of uh, attention to what's going on to detail. I mean, you could have different levels of franchise players. It doesn't have to be the one. There's a lot of options that could happen. There's a, a lot of things that would entice a salesperson to say, hey, I really want to be good at what I do. I really want to carry on. I really want to make sure that I implement what you bring in for coaching I may go out and read my own book. I may go out and get my own my own mentor. I may go out and get my own coach. You know, you look at kids as they play sports. There's a lot that they got to go through. You look at how they they come up. They they may have to spend an entire summer working on one type of move or one situation, and they may have to get one type of coach to do that training because that's what they're after. They're after that franchise spot. They want that max contract. And just like an athlete only has so much time in, in life to, to do a job, there's only so much life that you have in in your industry. When I was doing in-home sales full-time, there was some stat out there, and I don't know how scientific it was. So like, there's not some definite proof, but there was a magic number that floated around that said that the average in-home salesperson would last between five and seven years. You know, they'd make pretty good money. They'd make 150, 250, 300,000, $400,000, $500,000. 
for not having to have a college degree, not really having to have anything. Like there's plenty of people that I worked with that killed it and didn't even have a high school diploma. You have, you have a lot of opportunity out there. You have a lot of options out there, but people would definitely change the way that they look at what's doing. Like, Hey, I'll go read a book. I'll go pay for coaching. I'll go pay for training. They're not leaving it on the organization as is. Now I will let you know, there is possibilities of a downside. And first and foremost is morale. People could be upset and say like, look, this is ridiculous. This salesperson, this closer, this performer is getting preferential treatment. And as a company, you could say, yep, we know. Like we, we already know that. Like go take your pity party, go somewhere else. And because of that, everybody else could feel like they're cheated. Like you're stacking the odds against us. And that real deal conversation is, hey, you know, if, if you're having tough clients, it gives you the capability of being better at what you do. And everybody may look around and say, hey, but, you know, this, this guy or this girl, they get so much more and so much. And I'm trying to do the work and I'm trying to do the effort. I mean, that you look at how long it takes for anybody in any industry to get to the top of where they're at. They put in time, energy, and effort. Every once in a while, you have a prodigy and you have somebody that right off the bat's very good at what they do, but that's not, that's not the norm. It's usually a different situation. And so the complaints from lower level salespeople, you know, the common, it's not fair, it's not nice, it's not easy. And remember, sales isn't easy, sales isn't fair. But what could you do? What could you do if you had a franchise player or if you were the franchise player? What would you do? And when I say player, I mean like salesperson. What would you do? How would you treat it? Why wouldn't you go pitch this to some management and ownership groups? I mean, like people are going to freak out and say there's no way that it could be done. But I would have to imagine that if someone's listening to this and says, hey, wait, maybe we are looking at the world of sales all wrong. Maybe we are, you know, caught up in we're trying to make everything fair and there's no possible way of doing that. Why don't we move to the franchise model of a salesperson? Why don't we take a look at it? It's worth the discussion. It's worth saying, hey, how could we? How should we? Could we do this? Could we implement it? It doesn't mean that you have to, but there's definitely a lot of implications. Not everybody is meant to be a closer and sell. Not everybody is going to be. And I know that this isn't going to be the most popular opinion. For closers, it's going to be. For closers, it'll be like, heck yes, put me in, coach. I want to play. I want to be the franchise salesperson. I want to be the person who gets paid multiples. I want to be better at what I do. But it's usually the, the person who's not doing well that is the one that causes all the problems because they're the biggest person for saying it's not fair, it's not nice, it's not right. If you had the opportunity to be a franchise salesperson, would you do it? I got to tell you, I would. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.